Welcome along to a brand new podcast called Make Life Work. I am Cy Jobling, at Cy on Twitter, and for this series I will be talking to a selection of good friends from around the tech community about finding time to work on side projects. A few years back I had a chat on SciCast with a good friend called Simon Hamp about the state of social media. That conversation felt a bit more natural than me talking alone like this. And that form actually prompted me to set up the Verbal Diary podcast, which I now create with James Norton. Recently, I was reviewing the stats on my website and I noticed that the conversation with Simon was one of the more popular posts of the podcast, which suggested that the discussion format had a bit more traction than the solo performances on my own. I have been considering reviving that format over the past few months, so seeing this information really encouraged me to actually give it a go. Start it all off, I've invited an old friend from years past, Dom Hodgson. Dom and I met many years ago at a web conference in the noughties and we've kept in touch ever since. Dom has some fascinating stories to tell us, so I thought he'd be the perfect introduction to this series. Let's get into it. So, hello, Dom. Hi, mate. How you doing? I am doing pretty good. How are you? Yeah, which conference was it with Matt? I'm trying to go right back. I think it was about 2007 or 8. Uh, maybe New Adventures or it could have been something else. I can't remember. It was, it was way back. It's too long ago now. I mean, we're, we're, I'm I won't speak for you, but I'm, I'm getting old, yeah. <laughs> I won't speak for you. But yeah, I mean, it's great to catch up with you. What I'm trying to approach with this podcast is talk a bit about our side projects and how we balance that with our work life, our family life, and all the other good stuff around it as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and maybe a little bit of how you got there as well? Yeah, sure. So uh, a buried past on the internet, so I... My current job, so my daytime job, is I am CTO of a website called Kaboom.com, which is a link analysis platform. So you put in your website, we look at all the links that come to you, we tell you which ones are good, which ones are bad, and we let you create stuff like disavow files, uh, do removals, and things like that. My side project is another website called Little Warden, and that is a website that monitors other websites for stuff that you tend to forget or can go wrong, like broken redirects and domain exploration and things like that. Um, Little Warden is a project between me, my wife, and my daughter. We're a little company. My daughter's only 102 centimeters, so it's my dad joke there. And no. <laughs> we, that is an evenings and weekend project. So that has been going since, uh, I want to say, 2017. Because there's a story, there's a funny story about how that came across. Wow! So, how do you find working with your wife and your child? Um, you run out of stuff to talk about pretty quickly. You know, and I need you. How was your day? Oh, you were there the entire time. So it's it's good. Do you know what? A lot of people that I know said they couldn't do it, but I, I don't think I could do without it. Like the support that we have, especially because she is much smarter than me. So she, she's got a PhD in maths, and um, I came second in a lip-sync contest, is basically my, my education. <laughs> but she, 
we, we work well together. She, she knows what tends to happen is I'll come up with an idea. I'll build a prototype and then she'll at some point go, just give me the code because you're rubbish. And then she takes over and she doesn't let me write anything. Nice. So she's actually the, the coder behind the, oh, the scenes. God, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she doesn't let me write much code because uh, apparently it's not my strong point. Okay. But you're, you're the, you're the visionary. You're the, the product guy, I guess. I'm the gob is what we call it. <laughs> the um, gob. <laughs> yeah. I do spend a lot of time in Balsamic uh, coming up with features and how they work. And I, I tend to be really, really focused on UI and how do we make sure that the user can get this in as little clicks as possible while still making it not, you see a lot of SaaS products that are like Excel spreadsheets with like 400 toolbars that are so many buttons, it's overwhelming. So I really try and focus on that journey. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. The whole simple acronym. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, you, you mentioned your daughter as well. Um, kind of dare I ask how young she is? Um, my daughter is three, three and a half. Wow. And we've got her involved in a load of things, such as when you sign up for Little Warden, um, the thank you page has a little video from us all saying thank you. And there's some streamers and we're all wearing celebration hats. Um, my wife won't let me put up a video of her crying on the cancellation page, but I really want to. <laughs> like, because we, because we don't hide from the fact that little one's a small company. You know, we, we, we embrace that and we, we welcome you to the family. So you'll get emails from me personally saying, um, are there any issues? Can we help stuff? We put up family photos on the Twitter account and things like that. So, wow, it's a proper family-run business. Going back to the old way of working, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, because, I mean, when you start off, you can either say, right, I'm going to be, I'm going to front up and be like this big multinational company. Or you can either be, right, I just say, look, we know where we are. We know where we want to go. The original design, the original premise for Little Warden was how can we build some software that digital agencies will need that will be at a price that they can't say no to, that will be vital. And the idea is how can we get this software to pay for our next holiday? Nice. I like, I like the fact you've got that goal as well, a shared goal that you can all believe in as well. It's not like, well, if we can make 10K, great, happy days. It's, it's actually, we want to go on a holiday and that is our, our plan. Yeah, and so we, we celebrated our two-year anniversary this year and it is about to pay for our first holiday next year. So we're, we're really happy with that. That's amazing. I love the fact you've got that shared family goal. It's just something a lot of people could aspire to as well. So how did you come about the idea of doing this as well as a day job? You know, how do you fit this in? So the, the idea for Little Warden came about, so I've got a, a little black book of ideas, a startup ideas, everything like that, and you know, it's probably been in there for maybe four or five years before we even started on it. And there's, there's plenty of ideas in there that I like to noodle on and come up with. And what, what tends to happen is I, I come up with a load of side projects. I come up with a load of stuff. So previously, I've owned an advertising company. I've owned a physical suite shop. I've owned a conference company. And at some point, my wife says, OK, we, we need to calm down now. So in 2017, we booked a transatlantic cruise. So from Florida to Barcelona, that's where it went. And the idea was, is that the internet on that cruise was, I believe it was $100 per gig. So she was like, right, you're not having any internet. No, $100 per 100 meg it was at that point. So she's like, right, you're not having any internet. So the idea was a nice family holiday, nice relaxing. However, the downside is, is my daughter was only one year old then. So 
we we just had to put her in the room at eight o'clock and we'd both be sat there because we're not we're not gonna leave the room. So it's like you're sat there in your cabin. What do you do? What does anybody do? You build a startup. <laughs> it was it may not have been the best idea to build a startup in the middle of the transatlantic ocean with no internet that scrapes websites and checks for issues. But we were able to mock it up and build a test suite and things like that. And we had a pretty good prototype after two weeks. So, and then it grew from there. But the idea was that we, we had the holiday and it changed our lives that holiday. We met some really good friends. Um, we joined a couple of clubs and things like that. And we were like, right, we want to do this again. How can we pay for this? And that's where the idea and the shared vision came from. So your daughter went to bed. You just got quiet time after work, after hours, effectively. Um, yeah. And you made the most of it, really, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm inspired by there's one of my friends called Lane, and she runs um, a shop called Children's Rooms, and it's an online retailer. I'll give a bit of a plug. And she inspired me because she's a grandma, and she used to have the grandkids over, and she used to do a full day at work, and then she used to have the grandkids over, get them fed, get them back, get them into bed. And then she'd work on her website. And she, it was an affiliate website at that point. And she'd work on it maybe from 10 p.m. till midnight every night. And that was two or three years before it made any money. And now at this point, she's got um, a couple of warehouses full of her own stock that's all branded. She hires a family. She's got two forklift trucks that she won't let me play with. And she's building up from there, but she's willing to put the time in and the graft. And... For, to work on something for two to three years with, with no uh, no feedback just yet, but, but always working that and keep refining, like really big inspiration to me. I'm sure. I mean, it's interesting she managed to do that with very little feedback over such a long period as well. Um, yeah. It goes against what we try to encourage nowadays when we build stuff, just get something out quick and get some feedback from your customers to work with. I mean, the internet, the internet is a lot different these days. There's a lot more ways of getting a message out much quicker there's there's i mean with, with social media and ppc i mean there's the whole uh, mvp model and things like that you know build a landing page put some ppc to it get some email addresses and actually see if people want that yeah i wish i could do that more but i tend to get really excited and just start building it before i even build the whole product yes yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a fine line though, isn't it? Because you feel like, like like you, I've got my book of ideas that have been hanging around for like nearly 10 years now. Um, and they just sit there doing nothing. And you've always got these grand ideas of what they could be. And you forget, just get something live. Just see if anyone's actually, actually interested in this. How do you find doing that? How do, uh, it's, it's tough dividing the time of what you need to work on. So at the moment, we've got Little Warden as a side project. We've got a couple of hobbies and things like that that I do. But also, I know I've got three other projects that I want to build. And finding the time and what you invest in is, is one of the most difficult processes to think about. Is, is do you spend the time working on a, pro- a project like Little Warden, which is growing, and it has an audience and it has a bit of a reputation? Or do you build something new? I'm a man who likes to have backup plans. So... I like to have a plan if something goes wrong. Whenever I start a new project, the first thing I do is I write down what's the worst case scenario that can happen. And then I store it away and then I don't think about it. Because as long as I have a plan for how that happens, but I like to have a plan for if Little Warden suddenly stops tomorrow, okay, how much money do I have in the bank? What idea can I move on to next? Where is that? So we've got two of the SaaS products at the moment, which are sort of in MVP stage right now. And it's just at the moment finding the time because 
the thing with, as you know, having a side project is like that time generally is used for downtime. So you're sacrificing downtime and you're sacrificing headspace, but you can't do that every night and every day. It's absolutely true. This is a thing I've come to realize over the last sort of 10 years with my children is you, you, your energy levels dropped. You know, you, there's only so much you can do to midnight nowadays, but you still got that hankering and you, you've got that desire to go and make something, just have a bit of fun. Rather than watching junk on TV, you want to go and make something cool. How have you found a, the balance between doing the two of those? So would you, would you spend much time in the week just turning off from reading or anything like that? generally not the way our week works is right so I'll tell you the way our week worked uh, up until about two months ago was we'd get up and um, my wife would go downstairs she'd make the breakfast for Scarlett I'd get Scarlett up um, then my wife would get her dressed I'd go and get dressed I'd go and brush my teeth and then we'd swap over she'd go and get dressed and I'd take Scarlett to nursery and then we'd come back we'd do the full day at work then we'd go and pick Scarlet up after work. We tend to have some family time, like a meal out or something, because we tend to eat out more than we tend to cook because it saves time and it means we can have family time together. And then from that time till about half past seven, that is family time and we tend to have fun together and we tend to do something. Then when she goes to bed from 8 p.m. to midnight most nights, then it's working on projects. On, on weekends, it tended to be We'll just, during the daytime, we try and do something fun. So people are always going on about my house. We're always doing something. And that's because we don't actually have much time together as a family. So we always try and go to, like, a water park or swimming. Or we're trying to do something fun together as a family, like go to a farm. And we try and do that every weekend. Sounds like you've got a really good balance there, Dom, to be honest. Because I, unlike you, I, I travel to London most days for work. I have to leave the house at 630 and I don't get home till nearly 7 p.m. most days. So that's a full 12 hours away from the kids. My wife, equally, she's a teacher. She works, she leaves about the house similar time to me, gets home about the same time as well. We're really lucky we've got grandparents to sort of do their hands-on care with our children. But the weekends are the valuable time for us with the kids. So fitting in any side projects is just very unlikely. I might find that, you know, my wife goes to bed about eight, nine o'clock and I've got an hour or two to myself to do something. But I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by how you've managed to achieve this with your wife. I mean, you obviously have a shared interest uh, in tech. Did, did you meet over a shared passion or was it just pure coincidence as well? No, we, we, met, we met at high school and the, the, one of the first things that we were talking about was you remember the website Neopets where you can oh, yeah. basically go on. It was like a web game and we were playing that. And then I decided to build a little bit of a website about it. And so I was teaching her PHP and then she was learning it. And basically after two weeks of me teaching her PHP, she just leaned over and, yeah, you've got that wrong. You just need to do this bit. And then from then on, she's basically been better at programming than me. You know, we're really lucky in the fact that we can do this together. Uh, it's, it's, it's a privilege to do it and... You know, I, I, I feel, I understand, one of my friends is a teacher and the, the amount of hours that she works. And that's why for us, I knew family time is so, so precious. It's it's much, much harder, but you've also got to think about you as well and having some downtime. And you, you've, got to, you've got to fit it in because if you're constantly on the work and family, it is it can get to you. Exactly. I agree. Um, I think it's, it's all well and good. We know our families are our priorities. Our work is there to support that. But the fun element of that, your day life is these sort of things right side projects they make you 
that give you a kick. I mean, are there any projects that you've got going on that is just pure indulgence rather than money making? Yeah, so we're working on um, a Disney website at the moment that is for trip planning because when 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 people go to Disney World, they tend to ask me for advice. And it started off being a couple of family friends, and then it was like, okay, they're friends of friends. And now I probably get maybe three or four people a week come to me and say, can you help me? And we have um, a spreadsheet and a database that we use to work out how many people are going, how what's your budget, where are you going, you know, what you, and we don't make money off that. I just think, because we go a lot and I really like the place and it's really expensive. I just want people to go in with their eyes open and to have an expectation of what they can achieve. Because I often say a Disney World holiday is not like any other holiday. You need to plan it. You know, you, you can book restaurants 180 days in advance. That's six months. You can book rides 60 days in advance. So if you turn up on the day and just rock up at the park, you're going to be missing out on experiences. So we've built a website at the moment, which we should be launching, I want to say, in the next two months. Probably will work over, over Christmas. Um, just to help people plan that. And there's no, we're, we're giving that away for free. There's no charge for that. We might make some affiliate commission. We might do something with the data, but for a recommendations engine, because I've never done that before, and I'm, I'm excited to try that out. But, yeah, I just it's just something that I think the internet needs, and it's not going to cost me much money. That's nice. I love the fact that it's something that you've got a personal experience from as well. You love Disney, clearly. I've been a few times with my family, and it is an amazing experience. I agree you can't get the best out of it unless you plan it properly. Yeah. We failed on that a few times, unfortunately. So I, pro- I wish you'd have shipped this years ago <laughs> before we went to our, on our holidays. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the fact that it's just giving something away. It's, it's community. It's, and I think we, you've got to remember what the internet is built on. It, it was all about free freedom of information and a sort of sharing mindset, not all about making cash. So respect to you for doing that. Yeah, I mean, it, the, other, the other way around us on it, though, people do need to make money and people do need to live. We get a lot of... I remember when um, Little Warden got submitted to Hacker News and the first comment we got was, oh, you can just do this with three three scripts on your, your shell. I was like, yes, you can, that's fine. I was like, well, you should be charging this. I was like, okay, but what, what if it doesn't work? You know, you, you, there's an infrastructure around it. And people have got people just expect everything for free. A lot of SaaS. You know, I'm not paying that. I'm not I'm not paying that. We had a discussion with an agency owner who was like, oh well, fine, we'll just build it. We'll just build what you do. And I was like, well, that's fine. But how much are you gonna pay your developer? Right? Okay, let's say he paid 60 grand a year. Let's say it takes a month to build. And then how how long are you gonna keep updating it? Okay, let's say let's say maybe four hours a month. How does that work out? What does, what does that work out? About four or 500 pounds? Okay. So then you've got to host it. Then you've got to monitor it. Okay. Then you need service for it to go on. Okay. And I was like, and so you're squabbling about paying 50 quid a month for my software. And it's just people's mindsets when it comes to software. So I, I love giving stuff away for free. But also, I, I really I hate this mindset of, on the internet of, oh, I can do it. So why are you charging that? It, yeah, it's, it's a fine line of appreciating the cost and time for development software engineering and finally you know like i say you like to give stuff away but you have got a life to keep you've got a family to feed literally you know and that and working in the way you do 
you've got to make money from that. So it, it's, it's a shame you have to have those conversations with people saying, you could build it yourself, but why bother when I can give it you for 50 quid a month or whatever it is? And yeah. The, the mindset of just going, hey, I could do that. Why should I pay for it? No, please, please. I mean, would you ask a builder to, you know, if you if you wanted to do an extension on your house, yeah, you could do it yourself or you can get an expert to do it for you at probably a better price as well. My, my favourite thing is people that say, oh, I had this idea years ago, so can I have an account? I'm like, what? Like, we... We get that. We get that a lot. Oh yeah, I thought of this idea. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I thought of the idea, but but I built it. <laughs> or rather, had to build it. I, I could have done that. It's like, oh shit, yeah, you could have done. Did you? Did you take the? Did you spend that time making it? No. But anyway, I don't just want to rant for half an hour. Let's let's move on. <laughs> we could rant all day. That's fine. Right. So we've recently connected our Apple Watches up to monitor each other's health and fitness. Um, and you're absolutely smashing it. You make me look terribly bad at exercise. Um, so what sort of motivated that? And is it? have you got a, a goal in mind with your fitness as well? So the, the long-winded backstory to this is that for the past few years, I've been raising money for a children's hospice called Martin House. And we've raised over £25,000 for them. But I want to keep raising more. And the way that we've done this generally has been stupid runs in stupid costumes. Uh, in my house, there's probably 35 costumes at the moment that I use for runs regularly and other stupid stuff. But the biggest question I, I get from friends and people who donate is because I do maybe seven, eight half marathons a year, maybe 10, 10Ks and things like that. But they want to know how come we still fat get. And it's mainly because I don't, uh, train. So when I signed up for the Disneyland Paris half marathon, the first thing that I did to train was I signed up for the Great North Run, which is another half marathon. And to train for that, the first thing that I did was sign up for the Leeds 10K, because I figured if I can do them, I can do it. And generally, up until this year, what I've done is on a half marathon day, I've rocked up to the start line and gone, okay, done a bit of stretching, I've just gone for it. Because I, I do believe that anybody can do a half marathon. The distance intimidates people, but you can just do a fast walk and you can get there. Uh, the, the costumes make a really good excuse for not having a good time, but it's 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 all good. About uh, I want to say probably late July, I sort of I, I sort of reached a point in my health that I was like, okay, something needs to change. A combination of working at home uh, lots. Uh, in the in the day job, we had certain litigation going on, so I spent a lot of time with solicitors, and there was stressful, and we were traveling around. One of my other hobbies is I do stand-up comedy uh, around the UK, and that involves a lot of late nights uh, in service stations post-gig, and usually the only things open there are Burger King or something something not exactly healthy. And so I reached. I don't I don't often talk about this, but I reached. Uh, weight of, of 21.5 stone I wasn't I wasn't happy with that I knew that something had to change and it's really hard when you've got a family with kids and things like that and a side project to fit that around so you, something's got to give something's got to sacrifice and what I basically decided to do was I'm going to get up earlier because I didn't want to sacrifice any of that evening time with my wife and daughter that's so important to me but actually, if I just went to bed at 11 o'clock instead of going to bed at midnight, 
I could get up at six o'clock, do half an hour on the treadmill because we've got a treadmill, or I could go swimming because we've gone to the local pool, and then I could come back and solve that. So when I was talking earlier about our routine, our routine has changed now because now what we do is I'll get up somewhere between six o'clock, sometimes half five, depending on when the gym's open. I'll get up, I'll do half an hour on the treadmill, then I'll make my daughter's breakfast, then I'll put some washing up on, I'll do the dishwasher, and then I'll actually leave the house, and then I'll actually go swimming while my wife gets my daughter up and gets her dressed, and then I'll come back, and then I'll take her to nursery. And it means that I miss out on some contact in the morning with my daughter, but to be honest, she's just grumpy anyway. But it also means that I can get in a swim session and I can feel better about the day. And it also actually gives me a bit more energy through the day. Wow. I mean, I'm... I'm... I'm amazed how you fit all this in. You've, you've, got, you've got to be so regimented with your routines by the sound of it, but you've done it for the right reasons, I guess. The six o'clock alarm sometimes does not go down well. <laughs> also bought one of them scales that you can connect to the, on the internet. And um, so that syncs to my phone. And there's a funny story the other week about another thing that we have is we, we get a cleaner that comes every two weeks. Um, and there's loads of stories about us cleaning up before the cleaner gets here, which is ridiculous, but that's what my wife wants to do. <laughs> but um, occasionally, when, when friends come round or when the cleaner cleans, I'll receive um, a notification of somebody going on the scales, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I was trying to, I tweeted the other day, how do I tell my, uh, my cleaner that whenever she stands on my scales, that it syncs to my iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> So it automatically synchronizes to your profile and you're getting yeah. her weight. No, because it, it knows it, it knows the difference between the people. Right. So everybody in the house, my daughter loves the scales because it's how I get her out of bed. Oh, okay, you can go on the scales. She doesn't understand what any of it means. She just likes to do the numbers. But it recognizes the different people. So it recognizes that that person that stepped on the scales wasn't actually uh, our, anybody in, within the profile. So we've actually created our own profile now. We, we, we're not allowed scales in our in our house. We, and I've never had them for like twenty odd years now, but we have them at work. So when I go to the gym in my uh, in, in the time I find at work, I do pop on the scales just to just to keep an eye on what's going on. I I I'm the sort of person that needs scales. I need something every morning as a routine. Otherwise, I feel I just hide from it. So I, I've noticed that whenever I don't go on the scales every day, I gain weight because I I, I forget about it. They say, don't they, you shouldn't check it daily because your body weight will fluctuate naturally. Oh, yeah, massively. But I'm, I'm like you. I'm a bit of a data junkie, and I love to just capture as much data as I can. So, yeah, when I do go on the scales, I'm like, right, get it into my fitness pal. I'm going to keep an eye on that for the next couple of months. Yeah. It, makes, it does make it more interesting, I guess, and you can gamify it a little bit as well with your, with your other half. Do you do fitness with your other half as well? No, she, she, that is, she doesn't want to do that. She, she, she's just got my, my old Apple Watch because I've just upgraded to the new one, um, which, by the way, is the always-on screen is an absolute game-changer. You wouldn't think that a small thing like that, but like not having to do that stupid wrist flick to get the screen on is, is absolutely amazing. But she's got that, and she's doing some of this, and she started to do some of the runnings with us, so she'll be doing the five... We're going to my, I've got two races left, three races left this year. And on my birthday, we're going to Las Vegas to do the rock and roll half marathon there. Wow. Um, and there's, there's a 5k the day before. So she's coming to do that with us. But the, one of the biggest motivations has been, that, so we joke about the Apple competition and the Apple watch. 
I've got a couple of friends who do that. And that has helped me so much because if you turn it into a competition, I can be there at half past 10. And if one of my friends goes and get, does a, a run and then beats me on points, I've got to get up out my seat. I'm like, right, okay, I'm going to do this. And so that has really, really helped me, knowing that there's somebody there watching if I go a run. I only realized the other week that when I finish a run, it actually sends a notification to everybody that I'm shared with that I've done one. <laughs> Wait, I think you, you messaged me the other day. Oh, you didn't realize that? No, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I do like that. And I love the fact that they've got predefined reactions to it as well. So I think one of my responses to you was predefined. Yes, that's well it. But I was, I was pleased with that. Um, I've, I've started swimming recently. Uh, and it's funny because I've, I've been going probably about two months prior to that. I would say probably about 15 years since I've been in a swimming pool without a slide. <laughs> so it's not as much fun anymore. No, no, but it is. That's definitely helping. That is that 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 burns a lot more calories than running. Let me tell you. I've, I've gathered that as well. Yeah, because you, you, you might not do as far a distance naturally, but you burn so much calories with the whole body movement rather than just your legs. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. If I wanted to go for a run today, but the weather was not suitable at all. So I just thought, I'll do a high-intensity session in, inside instead. Yeah. I've burnt the same amount of calories in 15 minutes as I would have done with a 45-minute run. So, you know, it, it pays off. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I think we've talked enough about health, but it's amazing to hear your, uh, your take on all that. You mentioned your comedy circuit thing as well. So can you tell us a bit about that and how you fit that in as well? So that is one of the things that has sadly gone by the wayside since... The, when we say sacrifices had to be made. Right. I, a few years ago, I was doing maybe two or three gigs a week. Um, and now we're probably on two gigs a month if, we're, if, if I'm really pushing it. There are, there are two types of comedy that I do. One is a stand-up comedy and one is improvisation. I'm in a, an improv group that, that does... They do, they do plenty of gigs, but I can only do certain ones. And that, that is really fun, and it's a really nice break. They're both completely different. So with stand-up, it's all about timing and repetition and knowing the pattern and knowing the bits where you are. And I've got tons and tons of notebooks of sets that I've written. And improvisation, I love it because you have no idea what the audience is going to suggest. And so you're just going to make it up, and it's about being quick. So I, I do love comedy, but there are so many levels to comedy and I, I never really wanted to do it full time. I never really wanted to be a really famous stand-up comedian because I love what I do as a, as a job and I know how hard it is. I know some of my friends have been on Mot the Week and some of my friends have been on other TV shows and they, they, they earn less than a junior developer just out of, out of uni, you know, if you put it all down to it. That is shocking. I didn't realise it would be that low. I knew it was really hard to break the comedy circuit, but wow, that, that is amazing. Once you get to a certain level, then there's money in it, but until then, it's table scraps and it's so, so difficult and it's so competitive. It really is. I'm just not really, I don't really have the heart for it, but we do have, again, we have a product for comedians because I know the market, I know that. And that is something we've actually got live now as an MVP. And we've not actually told anybody outside of a few comedians about it. And they're using it now and we're just getting feedback from them. Nice. You have to share the link when you can. I will do. Excellent. That is a hobby that you have to make sacrifices. You do when it comes to family, when it comes to work. And when when you take on a side project something else has got to go, whether that be EastEnders, whether that be a time at the gym. I'm always quick to take on projects, or I was, and now I've learned to say no a lot more because I realise, there's that saying that 
once you say yes to one thing, you say no to everything else. And so I value my time a lot more. Sounds like you've got a really nice balance of everything, though. Good day job. You've got your side project time. You've got family time. You've got fitness time. You've got comedy time. You know, you've, you've got a good variety in it. I think it, it comes across in how happy you sound in this chat now. So you've done a good job by the sound of it so far. I, I, I try. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still, I still get overwhelmed with stuff. I still get the timings wrong. I live and die by my calendar now. What, what goes on there and every event that we do and things like that. But it's, it is hard, but I believe, I think it's worth it. I'm definitely happier with what I'm doing. And I'm definitely spending a lot more time with Scarlett and Helen than I normally would do. Cool. So one last point for anyone else who wants to get into tech or whatever else industry um, with a side project, what would be your number one tip to them? Just start. Like it's, so I'll give you an example. The Penguin Awards are uh, an award ceremony that I came up with, which was just a joke. And the idea was we take on the digital marketing awards. That are really, really good, but they're £120 to enter. And it's £150 if you get shortlisted to go to the award ceremony and things like that. And I came up with this idea to raise money for charity that we just do a funny one. So we'd have awards like Worst Beard or Messiest Desk or Best Office Dog we had. I went on to uh, Rat Bootstrap, bought a template for $15. And then I use, for all my stupid projects, I use a website called Site44, which allows you to host websites on Dropbox. So you, you literally just, it creates a folder in Dropbox and you put flat file HTML and you can just edit it really quickly on there. So from coming up with the idea, which was on the back of, I was driving home from a gig in Hull and I got home about midnight and I thought, you know what? I think I might do this. I went on to Logo Joy, bought a logo for $60, I think it was. And that came with all the social media stuff. And within two hours, I had, 2 a.m., I had a website that was the concept. And it was flat file. There was nothing special about it. It was just a template. But I could send that link. And I sent that link to 10 friends. Three, three or four of them came back and said, right, we want to sponsor this. So I knew I had something up there. And I can actually put more time into it later. And I've got that hook. If you've got an idea, it's really simple. It's never been simpler or cheaper to start or to try something or just to get an opinion. I probably fail six times for every one thing that works. But nobody focuses on the times you fail. You just learn something. So that, that's my advice is you don't have to invest in big servers. You don't have to invest in developers. You don't, you don't have to go on Upwork and find someone just put a small template. You don't even have to know any HTML. You know, there, there are plenty of WYSIWYG editors that will work with free templates and you can just stick something up. It just takes a bit of effort. Completely agree. I mean, I'm like you. If I've got an idea, I just want to do it and I'll use whatever I can to make that happen easily and quickly rather than investing a load of time. You can build a website with WordPress in minutes nowadays or Wix or something like that. You can get on a social media account for free. Use them. Just get, get, go out there and do it. Don't be shy. I love that intention. It's just, you know, and you made a point about the failures as well. You're not always going to succeed, but unless you try, you're not going to know. And as long as you learn from those mistakes, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's, it's, it's part of life. You know, you, you fall down, you get back up again, and you don't do that again. Great advice, I think, there, Dom. I appreciate that. That's all, that's all right. Any uh, final thoughts from the, the, the chat we've just had? No, not, not at all. I just thank you. Thank you for inviting me on to guinea pig this. I hope some people got something out of it. Um, I, I, yeah, I will say I fail a lot, and but I've still got a fairly successful business, I'd say. And you just keep trying stuff. That's that's all it is. Is try something new. If it doesn't work, try something new. That's how it goes. Nice mantra. I'll, I'll go with that. Indeed. 
where do you want people to go and find you? You know, what websites do you want to plug? Where can they talk to you? How can they get hold of you? So, worldwide for the side project, it's uh, littlewarden.com, L I T T L E W A R D E N.com. For my personal one, I actually only stuck this up yesterday because the charity wanted to link to it. Uh, if you go to ukdizdad.com, and that is literally just a holding page with stupid photos of me, but you can contact me on there for any personal stuff. For Twitter, I am at the Hodge, and on Instagram, because I'm using that now, oh yeah, I am at ukdizdad. That's great, Don. An absolute pleasure to have a chat with you. Thanks for getting involved on the first trial of this, as you say, the guinea pig. And hopefully some people will get something from it as well. Thank you very much. Can we have a quick check about your side project before we, we talked a lot about me? So uh, what, what's going on with you? So this year we set up a little community on Slack called On The Side. It was a joint effort with a guy called Ben Russells. And it was off the back of the idea that a lot of us have ideas about side projects and just something we want to try and do. But we always get to that point where it kind of... you lose interest or it gets too hard and you think i can't be bothered to finish it now what we're trying to do is encourage people to finish them don't just start keep going on and get something out there to to the public i think some people have a little bit of imposter syndrome going on going oh no one's gonna like this you know they what do i even know in this world i want to challenge that and just make sure people do want to get stuff out there we're quite a small community at the moment i think it's about 13 members at the moment people dropping in and out but there's been some interesting stories and developments and we've got quite a good camaraderie in there i think we just kind of make sure we encourage each other to do stuff so i think that's probably the the big side project for me at the moment i'm trying to you know use my sort of people skills and what i know about from project delivery trying to get people to work together and solve problems together and get just get stuff out there don't be afraid like you were saying earlier and, that, and the, 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 the community aspect is, is a big thing for me. Like, I, I can't think of a single project where I've not pitched someone on my Facebook Messenger list before I've gone to it. I've not checked with someone with, about a feature. Having the community there of people all doing the same thing is, is a brilliant thing. It'll be great. I mean, you've jumped in. I think you came in a few months ago and you've had other things going on, which is fine, but it'll be great to get you back involved because I think everyone will learn from your little projects, hopefully from this discussion as well. They'll they'll find out a few more insights as well. But yeah, I think it, hopefully it'll build over time. I'm not expecting miracles. There are plenty of other communities similar to this, but you know, we're a small niche, I think mostly British community as well, which I think comes across in some of the sarcasm and comments that are made on there as well. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure and thank you for for joining us and i will send you the details when we get more out there cheers dom mate thank you very much thank you to everyone for listening and especially dom for joining me for this pilot episode of the new series if you'd like to reach out to dom as he says you can get him on littlewarden.com his personal website ukdizdad.com he is at the hodge on twitter and at ukdizdad on instagram As we discussed, there's also our On The Side community network where you can join Dom and myself, along with a few others, to talk about side projects. You don't even need to have a side project in flight. You might just be interested in what we're doing or how people are approaching them. I will be talking to other members of the On The Side community about their stories and upcoming episodes of this Make Life Work podcast. Follow along with me at sidejobling.com slash make life work or at Cy on Twitter. That's all from me. Join me next time when I have a chat with another side project advocate, Sam Hardacre.